Mana Ministries, uh, seminar number 14. Tonight is 14.2. If you need healing, do these things. I want to start tonight by reading out a testimony um, of a person, a couple that I prayed for a few years ago. And his, it's James Clark is his name. Um, he sent me a letter here. And... Um, just relates, and I'll read you. I printed it out again so I could read it easily. We came to you for prayer for a child. We had a little girl, Jennifer, who was stillborn, and we were about to start infertility investigations. You prayed over us and told us to send you a photo of the baby. Photo of James enclosed. Here's the picture of James, just arrived. <laughs> they were unable to have the children, and uh, there he is. Praise God who healed both my husband and myself and has given us the precious gift of our son James. Even as I write this letter, I cannot stop tears from flowing as we are so very grateful to the Lord. Mm -hmm. uh, last year at this time, we were trying to come to terms with a poor prognosis, yet God performed a double miracle in healing Rob and myself. We are grateful to you for your prayer and words of encouragement. When you, through the Holy Spirit's prompting, asked barren women to place their hands on their womb, the power of God swept through me, and I felt physically weak all over. Such was the power of the presence of God. Now I cry as Hannah of old, my heart rejoices in the Lord. Amen. So that was a great, great healing. Either they both had, were difficult to have, for them to have children, but God answered their prayer. I've got another one, another there, but I'll do that. We'll read that next week. Okay, so God heals today. Yes. So God is the one who heals all our diseases. When our lives are not at ease and there is disharmony in our lives, then healing is available. Yes? yes. Sometimes a person may be in a state of disharmony with himself or others. Sometimes our spirit is in disharmony with our mind and our body. Sometimes our bodies are ill at ease. Physical healing is available. Mm. So there's a few things, just recapping some of these from last week, as we just talk about this thing of healing. And, and you know, we, we really need to um, be stirred in our faith about healing. Because, um, you know, it's, because we don't see much of it, mm. we tend to not really consider it maybe first of all. Um, you know, it, it, Sophie and I had a bit of a laugh because we kept giving, getting phone calls tonight of people who were sick and couldn't come to the healing service. That <laughs> <laughs> sounds strange, eh? <laughs> which, which, which tells you, and, and nothing against the, the folks who, who didn't Absolutely make it tonight, not, not at all, but it tells, tells you a whole lot about our level of faith for this thing and, and our, you know... Go to the church to be prayed for, to be healed, is about the last thing that people think about. You know, it's well down the list. Yeah, they used to go out into the deserts and follow them for miles, bringing their sick. Yeah, because people were being healed all over the place. And that's what happened. And history goes back to the time up here in the north when the Ratana church was birthed. And our Ratana was greatly used in, that, in the healing ministry. And a lot of the Ratana churches, on the walls of their churches, they have all the the uh, crutches and, you know, wheelchairs and things like that, because he was greatly used. And so people came expecting yeah. to be healed. 
And at our stage of, of development and, and of understanding, you know, we, we, we trust the Lord for these things and, and healing takes place, but it's, it's, it's spasmodic. It's not consistent, if you like. So we really need to, to um, in our Western culture and all the things that go with us, begin to believe a little more and begin to have faith in God and his goodness and trust him for healing. And, and I look back over the years and I've seen many, many healings. But, you know, over the years of ministry, it's, you know, curious. You think now, oh, man, I can relate 40 or 50 different Quite, and some of them very spectacular healings of what God did. But when you put it over, say, 30, 40 years, it's, it's here and there. And with healing, there is no formula. You can't just come in and say, well, this is how to, to, to be healed. There's some pathways to that. There's some things that can open the doors for us. But um, it's a... It's an incomplete, if you like, science. We use that phrase, an incomplete science. In other words, you will never be able to box the Spirit of God into a box and say, this is how you do it. But there is ways that God says in his Bible, do this. You know, and we have to, you know, God is a sovereign God. And so there are many questions, and there's a lot of them about healing, um, you know, that, we're, uh, that we still need some answers on. I remember the story of a healing evangelist by the name of Oral Roberts who uh, moved in the healing thing a long time. And he went to this evangelical, he was invited to go to the, this evangelical conference. And so he, he went and there were, it was international. And a lot of uh, ministries and a lot of people were represented. And um, most of them didn't believe that God heals today, you know. Mm. And this, the story goes, he, he came into this, conference, huge conference center seating in several thousands of people and he noticed that there was this boy standing just by the steps and he was um, he was crippled, he had irons on his leg he was crippled and he couldn't walk fully and the spirit of God said just go and, and heal him so this man goes over and just says would you like me to pray for you, the boy says yes and, and, and so he prayed for him and he was instantly healed yeah. instantly the legs just strengthened. And, and, and in the conference, there was an uproar of all these fellows who said, why did you? It was a bit like Jesus' day. You know, there's something spooky about this guy that he could do that. You know, but he prayed in the name of Jesus, you see. And, 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 this, and so apparently, as the, a couple of days of the conference went by, there was to and fro of, you know, does God heal? What is this? And finally, they got... This our Roberts up to, to to ask him and question him, and they said, "Well, you know, we personally don't believe that God heals today, but you know, what do you say?" And and he said, "Well, all I've got to say is go and ask the boy. Yeah. Go and ask the boy." He said, "I'm not arguing with you about yes or no. You go and ask the boy." Yeah. <laughs> and, and healing is like that, you know. We just it was like Jesus, wasn't he, with, with, with that, uh, was it the lame man? And they questioned him and said, what are you doing? What spirit is behind this sort of style? And, and Jesus said, well, you ask the man. He's old enough to answer his questions. You ask him what happened. And so we need to understand uh, that God is a good God and loves to heal. 
Number one uh, thing that I want to just come back to tonight is uh, make God the source of your healing. Mm-hmm. Uh, in fact, make God the source of your life, mm-hmm. of your provision. Um, look to the Lord. Many people departmentalize their lives. They separate the secular from the spiritual. It is best if our lives flow as a whole. I've heard people say, I've always trusted God to heal me, but of late I've had to seek medical help. Am I wrong to do that? Well, we need to accept one as we accept the other. And when you are helped by either, praise God. Whether healing comes through prayer or medical science, all healing ultimately is from God. Um, you see, he's, as we talked last week, God has placed healing in our bodies. Whether you're in a doctor's waiting room or in a prayer line, look to God as the source of your healing. God has placed healing in our bodies. It is amazing just how our bodies do heal. It is the goodness of God. If medicine accelerates that healing process, hallelujah. If the prayer of faith accelerates that process, hallelujah. Some Christians place their faith in medicine alone and won't receive prayer. Others will only have prayer and no medicine. You know, make God your source and be free to receive healing in these ways. In the olden days, in the early days of, the, of, of when the Holy Spirit was poured out in the 1920s here in New Zealand, uh, my family came into the things of the Spirit at that time. And, uh, but the Pentecostal churches were, because they had no teachers, uh, there was just this move of the Holy Spirit. People got saved um, and healed and filled with the Holy Spirit and, and the gifts of the Holy Spirit began to operate, but it was, it, it, it was a bit loose. And so they, you know, people just believed what they did. But I, I remember a number of people who wouldn't, I don't, my grandfather, I, I don't know, he, he was strong on a whole lot, bunch of things, but he, he was very reluctant to go to the doctors. It would be absolutely the, the last thing he would ever think of uh, and I remember there was a fellow down in Blenheim um, and, and uh, the people when I arrived they talked about this guy because he, he was well known and, and he used to go to the uh, part of the, the Elam church in Blenheim which had died before I got there but this guy um, he, I, I, met, I met this fellow and he was believing God for a full set of teeth so he had no teeth. And he is just saying, well, God's going to give me a set of teeth. God's going to heal me, you see. And, and, and you know, he was a little bit out on the far right area. <laughs> but um, the story went that, that he, the story went of, the, of this funny Elam church that one Sunday morning he read the scripture, um, Jesus said it will be shouted from the rooftops. Oh, he said, that's a good idea. So that Sunday morning when the people, other people were going to different churches, he was straddled across the rooftop, shouting at the top of his voice. He had no teeth, shouting at the top of his voice about the gospel and about Jesus. And, and people sort of gave the church a bit of a wide berth <laughs> at this point. And uh, he died um, toothless. <laughs> when he could have gone down and brought a set of teeth, you know. Um, and, and, and so it's not one or the other, it's, it's both. And we rejoice in God who provides these things for us, yes? yes. And so uh, I, it's, it's not wrong to go down to, to the doctor and he says, well, this is what you need, bit of penicillin, that'll fix you. Thank you, thank you, Jesus, for <coughs> penicillin, yes. And, and 
But we, we look to God as our source. Second thing there I've put down is let God make you whole. Uh, this is the woman that had the issue of blood for 12 years. The picture's on the front cover. For she said, if I may but touch his clothes, or the old King James Version, if I may touch the hem of his garment, I shall be made whole. Jesus said, daughter, your faith has made you whole. Great scripture. You see, God is not only concerned with the disharmony in your body, he's concerned with you. Not only the symptoms, but also the root cause of those symptoms. It is little use treating a festering finger without removing the splinter. You'll agree with that. Unresolved conflict, abnormal stress over a long time, unforgiveness, diet, are all things that can cause malfunction of the body. Without addressing the root cause, fullness of health becomes difficult, if not impossible. Um, so, so, you know, when, when Jesus heals, he's interested in us, body, soul, and spirit. He's interested in making us whole. Not only was that woman healed, but the, 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 the cause and, and the difficulties in her life, she comes to salvation, she is healed, body, soul, and spirit. And, and so we need to take notice, and one of the great... Uh, things of the gifts of the Holy Spirit, the discerning of spirits and the word of knowledge and things like that can come when you're praying for somebody. You need to be open to the Holy Spirit because sometimes he will give you thoughts about the, the root cause of that problem, that it may go back into some trauma some years ago. It may come back to some event. It may That's where it might have started. And... Uh, so it's just if, the, if these things are just left to fester and just left in the splinter is left in there, then um, you know it's 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 like the 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 wound that's got all dirt in it. Unless the dirt's got out, it takes you know it takes the body a whole long time for that healing to take place. And so we need to be aware of the root cause of some of the difficulties that we have in health. Um, because that can be a key. And to remember that God, when we come to, to, to Christ and we come to the Lord for healing, he knows us and he cares about us and um, he's, he's after the whole person, yes? He wants a fullness of, of life and of healing for us. And uh, unless we get healed on the inside sometimes, we can, we can be healed in our bodies, but we still carry this thing. And sure enough, later other things happen. Uh, because of what we're still carrying. Number three, rest in the fact that God is a good God. Many people have an underlying mistrust of God that he is totally good. The Bible says that God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. I believe this, Hebrews 1 and verse 6, uh, implicitly, that God is a good God. The devil is a bad devil and God is a good God. Yes? And we've got, to, we've got to come to God on that basis. Him that comes to God, Hebrews 1, 6, must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So when we come to the Lord, we can expect blessing. We can expect the goodness of the Lord. We don't have to go, oh, I don't know whether God, you know, I don't know. God, no, God's a good God. God is for you. He is for you 100%. He created you. He loved you. Uh, he loves you and he, and he cares about you. He cannot be tempted with evil. James says in 1 verse 13, When tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me. 
For God cannot be tempted with evil, nor does he tempt anyone. So when there's evil happening, then we know it's not God. Well, I don't know, I'm not sure this might be sent from God to teach me a lesson. Well, it's not sent from God. God's a good God. And God may use that to bring, to bring adjustment in our lives and, and to teach us principles. Remember the four Ps? What are they? Problem. Promise. Promise. Problem. Problem, principle, and provision. And so sometimes there is a principle to be learned that God wants to, to build into our lives. And so he, 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 he alas, I, I personally, I had someone say this, and I, this is where I stand. <coughs> I don't believe that anything comes to us that doesn't first come through the hands of a loving God. Job was like that. You know, things happen. God cares for you. He protects us. He puts a hedge around us. He doesn't, you know, say, oh, well, I don't know, man. No, God loves us. God cares about us. When we give our lives to him, he protects us. And, and, and I say, and so something's going down in my life or in my family. I say, Lord, what is happening here? What do I need to learn from here? I need to learn it fast. <laughs> you know, I need, to, I need to learn the principle that you're trying to teach me. I need to adjust my life so that I get through this whole thing real fast. So it doesn't, I don't spend 40 years in the wilderness, you know, <laughs> grumbling and complaining. And, and so the, these concepts... I just believe that God's a good God, and, and we need to trust him in this. As you read through the New Testament, the Gospels and the book of Acts, you see that Jesus made a sharp distinction between the life-giving nature of Jesus and the death-dealing works of the devil. Okay, let's have a look at these. Someone look up John 10.10, 10, please, who's got that? Thanks, Margaret, you've got that. Acts 10.38, thanks, Martin. John 14.9, thank you, Shirley. Third John verse two. Who's got that for me? Thank you, Leslie. Okay, let's. I mean, there. We we do need to know when we come to the Lord that He's a rewarder, that He is a good God. John ten ten, well known verse. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Have it to the full. The thief comes to steal. When I find something happening, I'm suffering loss, I know who it is. It's the thief comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. So therefore I have no problem opposing him and opposing the, dev the devils that, that try and, and bring this about or the circumstance. A lot of things are not devilish, obviously, in that sense, but they are circumstances that are there to rob us of the best that God has. Because Jesus said, I've come, you might have life. Mm -hmm. And that you might have it in all of its fullness. Yeah. Uh, you see? And so we, we, we need that. Okay, next verse. Acts 10.38. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. Mm -hmm. So here's Jesus, anointed of the Holy Spirit. He went about doing good and healing all those who were what? Oppressed by the devil. In other words, there's the, the destroyer and a lot of sickness is caused by this sort of thing. And uh, we see Jesus in action in the Gospels, how sometimes he would cast out a spirit and the person was healed immediately. And I've seen that sort of thing happen. We've come, and, and, and it's great when it happens because it is instant. 
you get rid of the spirit, you can you, the the person is, is dealt with. But it's contrasting the goodness of Christ against the works of darkness. John fourteen nine. So Jesus is saying, have you seen me do these things? Have you seen me bless people? You've seen how I deal with people. Have you seen how I walk through situations? Have you seen how I heal the sin? If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. This is the Father in action. This is how he loves people, how he cares for people. And uh, so uh, we, we know that. Third John and verse 2. <clears throat> Dear friend, I pray that you may enjoy good health and that all may go well with you, even as your soul is getting along well. Yes. So here, the Apostle the, the, the uh, John is talking about, I wish above all that you prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospers. And so it's the will of God that we be in health. Mm -hmm. God wants good for you. He is a God of blessing. When you and I are blessed, we can more easily be a blessing to others. Is that true? Yes. If we are not walking in blessing, if we're struggling ourselves, then it's hard uh, for us to have enough energy and faith to, to, to give to somebody else. In Matthew chapter 8, the leper says to Jesus, If you are willing, you can make me clean. Jesus straight away replies, I am willing, be clean. Immediately, the Bible says he was cleansed of his leprosy. See, see, we come to Jesus like that. If you're willing, you can make me clean. And Jesus clears it. He said, I'm willing. Mm. I, hey, hey, and he's saying, have no doubt about this. I'm willing for you to be healed, you see. And so uh, he is healed. The centurion comes to Jesus and tells him that a servant is at home paralyzed and suffering terribly. Straight away, Jesus says, I will come and heal him. Yes, the centurion says he's not worthy for Jesus to come to his house. But if he would just say the word, then his servant would be healed. Jesus commends the centurion for his faith and says to him, Go, let it be done just as you believed it would. And his servant was healed at that moment. And so uh, that's found uh, in Matthew 8, chapter, uh, Matthew 8, verse 5 to 13. And so here again, Jesus assures him that he is willing to heal him. Mm -hmm. And uh, he just sends this, because the centurion said, Jesus said, I'll come and heal him. The centurion says, no, there's no need. Just speak the word and my servant will be healed. In other words, if you speak the word of healing, you'll be healed. And Jesus, that's amazing. <laughs> that's amazing that you believe like that. And you go through the thing and the centurion says, well, I'm a man who wields authority as well. And he recognises the authority that Jesus has in the spirit world. But he says, I say to this man, go and do it, and he goes and do it. He says, I say to another one, you come here, and he comes here. You have that same authority in the spirit world. He says, if you just say the word, my servant will be here. Jesus said, let it be unto you according to your faith and what you're believing for. And that's a key right there. That, that, that you know, what's the level of our faith? Um, oh well, I'll have a go. Um, Marcus is going to be sharing his story on um, on Sunday, and uh, but you know his story is one of learning to trust God. Mm -hmm. You know that's 
Mm. And, and that's a great, as we learn, as we grow, we, we trust God, say, well, Lord, I know who you are and you just, I'm trusting you. Mm. Well, mm. the level of our faith sometimes is a key factor mm. to what happens. Um, Psalm 107 verse 20, he sent out his word and healed them. He rescued them from the grave. And sometimes, you know, you, 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 uh, the healing power of Jesus is not just limited to here right now, you know. Mm. We can pray for people at a distance, yes, mm. and we can send the word of God to, be, to healing. Um, I've put down there to remind me, um, and some of you have heard me talk about this, so I won't talk it in length, but Laura, Laura McGeorge was, was just plagued with terrible um, headaches and depression and all sorts of stuff. It was just awful. And it went on for, for a long time, for, for a number of, into uh, up to two years. And she had every test under the sun. She went over across to Wellington to have brain scans and because this thing was just... And, and I was away praying, um, as I would do, each month. And I said, Lord, what's the story with Laura? And um, right into my mind, straight away, I could see this, a woman, a blonde woman, I can see her now, um, with a ponytail, and she was like this at Laura and, and, and cursing her at the top of her voice. So I said, I thought to myself, right, I now I know what the story is. And so I thought, I got it, I said, right, I said, Okay. I said, I, and I, was, I was away and I'm, I'm, I'm praying. I'm saying, Lord, I break that curse over Laura. I will not have this thing to rule, rule over her. Um, she's a child of God. And I prayed, I spoke to that devil. I said, the devil, you see, you, you, you're not going to hold this woman. She belongs to the living God. And I rebuke you and I command you to leave. This was about 8 o'clock at night. I command you to leave and let her go. And if you're not gone by the time I get back tomorrow, I'll come round and deal with you. This is me, you know. Yes. <laughs> Got a bit angry, you know. See, what we bind on earth is bound in him. What we loose on earth is bound in loose in him. So I went back. And the next day, I went back to, to, and popped in to see Laura. And here she is sitting on her veranda in a chair. I said, G'day, Laura, how are you? She said, I am great. I said, well... How's the head? I'm just, it's gone. I said, when did it go? She said, just after eight o'clock last night. And I said, well, that's when I prayed for you and I just told her what I said. Oh, she said, I know what happened. And her husband, Bob, was a, was a, a, a trainer of sheepdogs. And they were doing a movie on the history of the Marlborough area and they brought all the movie people in and, and everything like this. And the principal actress of this um, movie, um, and they were on the, their farm, did a lot of the movie on, on McGeorge's farm and with the dogs and so on and so forth as part of the movie. And this woman had taken a shine to Bob. Laura's husband and was after him 
And uh, Laura found this out and really said, you keep your hands off my husband. Yeah. She really got wound up about it and said, you're not well, because they, they used to come in and have, have meals in the house. And said, you're, you're no longer welcome in my house. You're clear off. And uh, so um, this woman turned on her. And she said, what happened? She said, she turned on me. She began to shout at the top of her voice and began to point a finger and began to curse. I said, was this woman blonde and have a ponytail? Yes, she said. I said, I saw her last night, you see. And the healing was immediate and was effective. So, you know, so from a, a long distance away, the prayer was effective against that spirit and the spirit must have decided, said, oh, hang, he's coming back tomorrow, I'm off. <laughs> you know, so that's, uh, and, and that was, I, you know, these are the things I remember of what the Lord had done. And so, um, oh, she said, thank you. Just, you know, it was a terrible situation we had in the house. God desires the best for you and me, and that includes divine healing. Funnily enough, that woman, Laura, from the years back, um, Bob was an elder. He was the first person that got saved in, in, under my ministry. And he, he, um, he uh, became an elder in the church and, and so on. But uh, I just heard from Laura just uh, a few weeks ago through, through another friend that she's, Bob had died several months ago, several years ago. And she just got remarried again. I said, yes! Good on you, Laura. You go for it. She must be about 104 or something. I don't know. It. <laughs> but anyway, it's good, eh? People in your life, people that cross your path. Good memory when you remember what God did for them. And, and, and you know, we'll, in the years ahead, we'll be telling the stories of what God's done in Excite Church, mm-hmm. of the people that were touched and people that were ministered to in, in here. Number four, another thing to do is to release your faith. We need to go over to Mark chapter 5. Release your faith. Um, Verse 21. When Jesus had again crossed over by boat to the other side of the lake, a large crowd gathered around him while he was by the lake. Then one of the synagogue rulers named Jairus came there and seeing Jesus, he fell at his feet and pleaded earnestly with him. My little daughter is dying. Please come and put your hands on her so that she will be healed and live. So Jesus went with him. A large crowd followed and pressed around him. And a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. She had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and had spent all she had. Yet instead of getting better, she grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak. Because she thought, if I touch his clothes, I will be healed. Immediately her bleeding stopped and she felt in her body that she was freed from her suffering. At once Jesus realized that power had gone out from him. He turned around in the crowd and asked, who touched my clothes? You see the people crowding against you as disciples answered, yet you can ask, who touched me? But Jesus kept looking around to see who had done it. Then the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell at his feet and trembling with fear, told him the whole truth. He said to her, daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. Mm -hmm. And while Jesus was still speaking, some men came from the house of Jairus, the synagogue ruler. Your daughter is dead, they said. Why bother the teacher anymore? 
Ignoring what they said, Jesus told the synagogue ruler, don't be afraid, just believe. And you can read the rest of the story there of what happened there. Uh, you see, there is a, there is a point which um, you can, we can release our faith. There is a point of contact. There is a point where, uh, you know, Jesus, somebody's touched me. Well, as many people were touching him, but this woman touched him. And it says virtue went from him into this woman. He knew that the power of uh, uh, his healing power had been released into this woman. It was a different sort of a touch. It was a faith touch. And uh, she said, if I can just touch the hem of his garment, I'll be made whole. Jairus, whose little daughter was dying, said to Jesus, he knelt before Jesus and he pleaded earnestly. This guy comes to Jesus and he's at the end of his tether. His daughter is dying and he doesn't hold back. I mean, he's the ruler of the synagogue. He was a man of standing. The synagogue people were angry about Jesus. Every time he healed someone, they got mad as. But he's the ruler of the synagogue and he presses through that barrier of, uh, of, his, of peer pressure of what others will think. And because of his need, he pushes through, comes to Jesus, kneels down, which was a real place of humility for him, and, and plead, Jesus, can you come and lay your hands on my daughter and she will live? That was what he believed. If Jesus would come and lay his hands on her, she would be healed. And, and, and he presses through the, the barriers of his own mind and what he's feeling and says, I'm Pushing through for healing, yes. The woman who comes uh, the, 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 with the bleeding, there's the crowd. You, you can imagine, she's weak. She's been in this condition for 12 years. She's spent everything she has. She's getting worse and worse and worse. And she comes and she wants to get to Jesus. And somehow, the Spirit of God has said, just touch the hem of us. But there was the crowd there. How was she going to get through? I mean, when Jesus was around, hundreds were around him. When, when he was healing the sick. And, and so she comes and she has to push through. She, she says, if I can just get there, if I can just... And she doesn't walk up to him. She just pushes through the crowd. Just touches. She's like, touch it. And there are times when we have to push through. There's times where we need to release our faith. You know, I say, when I, you might have heard me say if I'm praying for people... When I go and lay my hands on you, just release your faith and expect a miracle. See, because there's that time when you come and just pray. With the baptism in the Holy Spirit, I believe. You know, I say to the people, just believe. When I come to lay my hands on you, let your faith go to God. Just let it go. Release your faith at that time. Um, uh, when we anoint with oil, it's the same sort of thing. When we anoint with oil, expect a miracle. Let, release your faith at that point. Let it, let it go. Um, in each case, they had to push some, through some difficulty, be persistent and release their faith to God in some way. Um, so we, we, we've looked at that. And, and that's a great um, thing to understand. The centurion had to overcome a sense of unworthiness and released his faith and pride uh, by Jesus just speaking the word of healing. You know, uh, pride is, is, is what other people think is a huge thing that stops us from receiving uh, all that God has for us. Um, 
You know, oh, I'd love this thing if I could forward again. You know, <laughs> one, one of the, you know, oh, and so, so I might, I might go down, down under the spirit of God and be on the. Oh no, well, that can't happen. Uh, I'll be so embarrassed. You know, something unusual happens. You know, and, and our pride keeps us, keeps us back, doesn't it? Um, the classic example. Just thinking there, we were. I was preaching in Northern Ireland, and the church was packed, five hundred people, and they're out in the foyer, and that was just the first service. At the end of that service, I had to finish, and then the next service it emptied out, and then it was packed again. Half an hour later, so many people were trying to get in, and I. I remember I prayed for the second service. I thought I couldn't pray for people in the first service because I had to finish. And they had to go. So I don't know where the people went out and just came back in again. I'm not sure. They were meant to go home. But some of them probably did, yeah. But I, all the, the meetings at that particular time, whenever I prayed for people, they all fell under, under the power of God. And so the second service, I said, if you want ministry, just come, just come and stand in the aisle. I'm not going to ask you what, because there's too many people. I said, I'm just going to walk down this aisle, and I'm going to go around, and I'm going to go down the other aisle, I'm just going to lay my hands in the middle, and I lay their hands on it, expect you to be healed. Expect God to do for your miracle, whatever you need. So down I went, down one aisle, all around. And to my amazement, not one person went down under the power of God. I thought, that's unusual. Because it was just happening. It was, that was a sort of a season. That was, it was happening. So I thought, oh, well... That's okay. Meeting finished. That was fine. And then at the end, we're just standing around talking, and this lady comes up to me with her daughter. She said, excuse me, would you pray for me? I said, sure. What do you, you, know, what do you want me to pray for about? And the Holy Spirit began to tell me. Eh? I said, don't you tell me, I'm going to tell you. And I told her a number of things, and she just started to weep like that. I said, would you like me to pray with you? Yes, she said. But she said, um, she said I, I'm scared of falling when, the, when God touches my life. I said, well, that's okay. She said, I've sat at the back and I, and I said, I, I can't do that. I can't have prayer like that. So I didn't stand in the aisle. Because she said, I heard that when you pray for people, that's what happens. She said, I'm scared of that. It's just, uh, and, but she said, tonight, nobody's gone down. <laughs> so she said, I've got the courage to come and ask for you to pray. And I started to smile. I thought, Lord, you've you just got a great sense of humour, eh? And, and so I prayed for boom, she went straight down. <laughs> and got wonderfully healed and deeply healed from, from hurts in the inside like this and, and just she was out for about half an hour and I thought well, Lord you're, you're so funny he keeps all the other people up because he loves this one <laughs> and he healed those but, but you see and then she finally gets up off the and, and no, before she's up she's still out on the floor and her, her daughter 16 year old daughter is crying and she said she said, oh, she said, look what's happening to my mother. The very thing that she was afraid of. But she, God's doing things. And she said, I need to give my life to Christ. Mm-hmm. She said, I've been rebellious. I've been fighting against it. But he said, I know that God's real. Mm-hmm. 
I thought, thank you, Lord. So, you know, we just need to be open to what God is doing, yeah? And, and, but the point of contact, yeah. There are various ways and times to release your faith. Laying on of hands, anointing with oil. In Mark chapter 6, we're in Mark, so it says, they went out, verse 12 uh, and 13, they went out and preached that people should repent. They drove out many demons and anointed many sick people with oil and healed them. There it is. James 5, we know, don't we? Do we? Well, we better do it because... Because this is a great way to be healed. James 5. Where is it? 13. Is any one of you in trouble? He should pray. Is anyone happy? Let him sing songs of praise. Is any one of you sick? He should call the elders of the church to pray over him and anoint him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise him up. If he has sinned, he will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous man is powerful and effective. Mm. So that is a great way. Um, you know, I encourage people, if your healing won't budge, ask the elders to pray for you. Mm. You know, ask the elders to pray for you. Don't expect the elders to come and pray for you. You ask. There is something about, and I don't know what it is, but there's something about that honouring there's something about of that, you know, it says the elders, what, uh, uh, what does it say? Something about respect the elders of the church and, and because they watch over your soul. Because mm -hmm. we pray for you. Mm. We pray for you. You're in this class from under, under here, so I pray for you by name because you're, you're on the register. <laughs> <laughs> so this morning, I pray for each of you by name. I, watch, I, I care about you. Hallelujah, that you will receive everything that God has for you. And so there's a time where we come and, and ask the elders to pray for you. And I've seen some things that would not budge. We, we, we pray for other things, but it would not budge. I'm thinking of um, Jeff and, and, and uh, doesn't matter. And their little baby had stopped feeding. And they did everything. And then he read, he was a new Christian, and he read this. And he said, my goodness. That's what I want. Kathy, remember I told you about Kathy? She read the same scriptures. That's what I need to do. See? And so there comes a time. So anointing with oil, when we pray, uh, believe God for that. But ordinary people can anoint with oil as well. Mark just says he told the disciples to go out. and It's not just for elders, but there is an authority. If you're in a church, then those people have authority to, to pray in that way. And it's an effective prayer. Communion. I'm a great believer in believing for healing during communion. During Passover, the blood of a lamb was put on the doorposts and lintels. When God saw the blood, judgment would not come to that person and family. Also, the body of the lamb was roasted and eaten for strength for the journey. Divine health was imparted by these acts of faith so that when they, as when they left Egypt, there was not a sick one among them. Multiply Multiple miracles... Um, of healing must have taken place when they placed the blood on the doorposts and ate of the lamb, Psalm 105, verse 37. See, Jesus said that his body was broken that we might be made whole. At communion, as you honour the Lord's body, his strength will be imparted to you. As you eat the bread, release your faith and thank him for divine health. Hallelujah. Amen. 
I do that every communion. I thank him for the blood that cleanses me from sin, and I thank him for his body, which was broken for my divine health. Hallelujah. He was bruised for our his heels. By his stripes, we are healed. As you eat the bread, release your faith and thank him for divine health. Divine health is even better than divine healing. Yes? I believe in divine health. I believe in walking in divine health. I expect to be well all the days of my life. I expect, hallelujah, to be strong. I don't expect to catch the flu. I don't expect anything else like that because at communion, I take that bread and I say, thank you, Jesus, for your body, which was broken for me. Hallelujah. I claim divine health today in the name of Jesus. That's what I do. It's a point of releasing my faith. So I'm trusting you for divine health. And I believe it's a good thing. Yes? By faith, we receive his health to flow through our bodies and our soul. Just as the natural bread grows into us and the molecules end up going around our bloodstream, so see the health of Jesus going throughout your body, bringing ease and wholeness to every organ and tissue. That's what I look for. Hallelujah. I pray. I say, you know, and if I'm sick, if I, if I do get sick, then I, I'm believing God that his healing plate will go right through my blood system. Hallelujah. And I know the blood system off by heart because I've taught it for years. So I just imagine, hallelujah, the, the healing power is going from my heart and up the, the aorta and on it goes, you know, down the arteries and the subclavian artery and all these things. Say, hallelujah, Lord, as that blood goes through my body, let your healing stream go through to every tissue, to every organ, to every part of me. Hallelujah. And bring your divine health and presence into my life. Yes? Mm -hmm. I release my faith like that. Mm -hmm. And so it's an active thing. And guess what? I keep pretty well most of the time. When we remember Jesus on the cross, we remember that he has not only bore our sins, but he carried our sickness away, and by his stripes we are healed. Mm -hmm. So, you know, whenever we have communion, put in your claim for divine health. Yeah. Praise mm -hmm. God. I'd rather be walking in health than need healing. Mm. Yeah? Mm. Why not? Mm. Hallelujah. Jesus came to give me life and in mm. all of its fullness. The praying over cloths. Acts chapter 19. This is, this is a good way sometimes. Um, it's according to your faith, but it's a point where you can release and encourage people to believe. Verse 11 and 12, it says, God did extraordinary miracles through Paul so that even handkerchiefs and aprons that had touched him were taken to the sick and their illnesses were cured and the evil spirits left them. So um, uh, while I've been asked to do it different times, we've been asked for the elders and sometimes we'll, they'll bring a handkerchief or something and we'll anoint it with oil, praise God, or we'll just lay hands on it, especially you know, bring it to the elders or just to anyway, put it, pray God's blessing. And I say, take this home and put it on that person and pray for them. Yes, send it in the mail. And I've said to people, even people who've been in a coma, I said, just take it and put it in and put it under their pillow. And just believe God for his healing power to flow through those. It's a point of release. It's a point of faith. Be it unto you according to your faith. You see? And so this has been a good thing. Um, I remember jo Jody, Jolene, 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 Jolene. Yes, Jolene Mudge. She was driving home in a little car. 
about this long, well, something like that, <laughs> and she got hit head on by a Mercedes. And uh, she, she was injured, but not badly injured, strangely enough. Um, but she just got, her brain was injured. She went out and they induced her in a coma and she was in big trouble. And they were talking about um, taking take her off the, the, shutting it down because she was, the old brain was just, and, and, and so part of we went up and, and uh, John is, uh, the, her father is the principal of, a school, of the school in Bethlehem. Uh, the Christian school there now. He was principal of our school in Richmond View School in Blenheim. And, but, uh, so I'm, I'm up in Auckland and, and he's in Tauranga, but they, she was sent to Auckland Hospital. And so we did this. We just prayed for this over this handkerchief and put it under her pillow. And uh, just, that was one of the, just one of the things that he, her and Bar John and Barbara just said, can we do this? So while she's asleep, mm -hmm. yes, we could do that. So that was fine. And days went by, and they said, we, the discussion was had, and uh, they said, mm, let's just wait another week. Can we just wait another week? Yeah, sure, we can wait another week. Well, within that week, Jolene come out of the coma, just woke up. And within 10 days, she was out. And uh, she had, a, she had a, a leg problem because it was injured. And her speech was um, difficult for a while. And then she just came into a full recovery. And of course, she's not married now with children. But I, I, it's just another instance. I, when I'm talking, I'm thinking of these times where God did stuff. And I think, oh, Lord, thank you. Do it again, Lord. So, you know, I'm sharing these because they're real to me. And, and uh, that's it. there comes that moment of faith that we choose to believe God for that miracle. Have faith in God's goodness and his power. And when hands are laid on you, simply believe and continue to thank him for the recovery that is on the way. It's, it's, that it's already begun. Right, I will do one more and then we'll have a coffee. Number five, confess your faults. One of the things that we can do is to confess about. Therefore, James 5, that's not James 1, that's James 5, 16 and 17. Sorry about that. Therefore, confess, confess, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous man is powerful and effective. We know God is a good God, and so we can come to him with our faults and know that he will understand. Hebrews 4.16 assures us that we can come boldly before the throne of grace, there to find mercy and to find grace to help in time of need. I have known cases where anger and unforgiveness has blocked the flow of healing to a person. God is not angry with us. It is just there are stones blocking the full flow of God's presence in your life. A person who has played with migraine headaches, oh yes, I remember this, and talking with her discovered she was incredibly jealous of another woman. She coveted what the other woman had. And when she forgave that woman from her heart, the migraine stopped. So it's interesting, isn't it? Sometimes we can harbour those sorts of things uh, in our lives. And you might say, can't I be healed until I get everything right? No, it's not like that. However, if you know there is something wrong, if you are vividly aware of it, then don't ignore it. Because it could be a stone just blocking the flow of God's Spirit. Psalm 66 talks about this. 
David was talking about, I think it's a psalm of David. Um, psalm 66. I'm just trying to cover the ground and while, while there's things that I've seen that, that slow down healing. Um, verse 16 of Psalm 66 and through to, to 20, it says, Come and listen, all you who fear God. Let me tell you what he has done for me. It's not a David psalm, it's someone else's. I cried out to him with my mouth. His praise was on my tongue. If I had cherished sin in my heart, the Lord would not have listened. But God has surely listened and heard my voice in prayer. Praise be to God, who has not rejected my prayer or withheld his love from me. So I think we get from that that it's possible that things in our lives can block the full flow of what God wants to do in our lives. We must always remember it is not just our body God wants to heal, but all of us, body, soul, and spirit. So, you know, that's, again, it's another thing uh, to just check on. And don't go, don't be a person who goes worrying and, and trying to think up things and, oh, what is it, what is it, you know, I don't know what it is. Look, if it's a problem and you've asked the Holy Spirit, he will make it abundantly clear right. what it is. You don't need to be wrecking your brain and sort of, <laughs> oh, no, there must be something wrong with me. Uh, you know, it's not like that. You know, I trust God to say, look, this is the problem. And you can easily feel fix it at that point. Okay, let's stop and have a break for coffee. And then we'll just lose the last two. And then we'll have a talk. Okay, uh, the sixth thing to do uh, is after you release your faith, believe it, that healing has begun that instant. The word healing implies time. Miracles are often instantaneous, but most healings come into place after a few days or even longer. We can receive prayer and then immediately think that nothing has happened. But Jesus said they shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Mark 16 and verse 18. The word recovery implies a time factor. I remember there was an evangelist came to Auckland a few years back by the name of Hans Kunstra. He's a Dutchman. That would be Dutch, is he? Was he? Yeah. And he, he, he told the story. He prayed for this lady who was crippled um, with arthritis, hopelessly crippled. And um, nothing happened to her in the meeting. But on the way home, apparently, they, the, her and her husband stopped to get fish and chips on the way home. And without thinking... She opened the door of the van and just jumped out onto the, onto the footpath and started walking into the fish and, and suddenly realised that <laughs> she, she, she was healed, you know. And uh, those, things, those things do happen. Um, I've told you, I think, about Anita Barrel Smith, migraines for four years, prayed fast and had, laid hands in deliverance, anointed with oil, brain scans. But one Sunday... The Holy Spirit said to me today, Anita, come forward. I simply declared her healed. She never had another migraine. I said, well, what was the four-year hold-up? You know, what was that about? I don't know. I don't know. But praise God, the day, her day came. Um, but there it was. Um, the story of Sharon. Sharon Keenan was a 10-year-old girl. And her body was covered in warts. And uh, I mean covered. Her father rang me up and said, look, 
well, well, this is terrible for this girl. And um, he, he said, I'm believing. My wife and I just want you to come and pray and anoint her with oil and let's believe God for her healing. Because it's, it's she's, you know, 10-year-old girl. She had it on her face, mm. on her arms, and she used to wear, she used to wear socks <laughs> right up. A skirt down in, long socks as a 10-year-old, and always long sleeves to cover all the neck ground here, to cover all these jolly warts. Um, and, and so I went around and, and prayed for her. And um, nothing happened, it seemed. But uh, seven days later, in the morning, she came running down stairs and said, Mum, Dad, look. And... She didn't have a wart on her. And when they went upstairs to her bedroom, they found these scores and scores of warts on the sheets in her bed. That all dropped off that night. And so, in thinking about that, um, I thought, yes, when we prayed for her, the healing began. And it just took time for those warts to shrivel and then finally they all just dropped off in one night. It's an amazing story. But I, I mean, I, yeah. I saw her before and after yeah. and she, she was a stunningly, stunning girl. She grew up to be a lovely woman and um, she was Sharon. Yeah. All these warts were in a bed. Scores of them. So we need to just simply believe, don't we? Um, and, and look, if, if if nothing actually does happen, then get prayer again. Yes. Uh, we'll talk more about this next week. We'll talk about soaking prayer. And, and, and we talk about, you know, there's nothing wrong. If I'm not healed on the first instant, I, I've got no pride. I'll be up there again. You know, don't you worry about that. And just to, res- because the more times you say, oh, well, that's not faith. If, if you, uh, Well, I believe that something happened, but hey. We don't know. We don't need to be stupid and say, well, I, you know, I'm healed and that, there's, a, there's a place of that for a time. But in the end, we've got to say, no, I'm going for prayer again. I'm going to ask God to, to complete the work. I mean, even Jesus, when he prayed for somebody uh, who was blind, he laid his hands on him and he said, how are you getting on? He said, oh, he said, I can see people like trees moving. And Jesus thought, well, that's not good enough. Come here. And I pray. And he prayed for him again. Mm. Then he says, oh, I can see everything. Mm. So with the power that Jesus had flowing through him, um, you know, which he was filled with the Holy Spirit without measure, then um, it doesn't hurt for us to pray more than once. Number seven, stand fast in your freedom. Galatians 5.1. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then, and do not let yourselves be hard burdened again by a yoke of slavery. Expect each day to be a day of healing. Keep on believing God and thank him for your healing. Hebrews 10.35, so do not throw away your confidence. It will be richly rewarded. Proverbs 4.20 and 22, and I hold on to the word of God, and not just in healing, because these principles apply to all areas of our life, but they do apply to healing. And uh, in Proverbs 4, verse 20, and uh, through to 22, it says, my, my son, pay attention to what I say and listen closely to my words. Do not let them out of your sight. Keep them within your heart, 
for they are life to those who find them and health to a man's whole body. Above all else, guard your heart, for it's the wellspring of life. And, and, and so here, you know, they're saying, you know, get, let the word of God be your confession. Be what fills your mind. Trust the word of God. Hang on to the word of God. Don't throw it away and say, well, that didn't work. But at the same time, you know, be strong in faith. And, and, be, and, and thank God. Um, keep on believing. Everything is possible for one who believes. Mark 9.23. We're told by James to submit yourselves then to God and resist the devil and he will flee from you. Take a strong stand. Make a declaration. I belong to God. I was healed on Sunday. Devil, get your hand off me. I'm on the road to full recovery. And sometimes we have to resist the work of the enemy and resist the sickness. I deal with sickness like it's a person. Get off my life. You're not going to hold me down. I'm coming up. Hallelujah. You may have made me sick today, but I'll be better tomorrow. <laughs> I'm not lying down under this. I'm standing up and I'm getting up again soon. And sometimes there's that resistance, there's that tenacity, there's that... that so no, I'm not putting up with this. And we need to get a bit mad with sickness. So you know, I'm not having... I think I've told you about the when I got asthma. Have I told you that? Yes. Some of you have heard it. Yes. You see, you, you, can, you can... You know, I'll, I'll deal with this perhaps next week because time's gone now. But don't, you know, don't just receive everything that comes your way. No. Oh, well, that's just whatever. More about that next week. Mm. Um... While waiting for your healing to arrive, do not stop your medication or ignore your doctor's advice. God may well use that to aid the healing process. When you are healed, then the doctor will know that and will take you off the medication. Somebody says, well, I won't know if it was the doctor or God that healed me if I take the medication. Well, I just give the glory to God. He's the source of my healing. As long as I'm healed, I'm happy as. And so is God. You know, we don't, want to get, we don't want to do gymnastics in our mind about these things. Make it simple. Make it simple. Your sister, she was a case, wasn't she? She wouldn't receive. She said, no, you're not, I'm not having chemo. She got on to Sophie when Sophie went through cancer and, and I, through chemo. And, and she used to ring us up and say, don't you, you, she used to tell me, don't you let Sophie go have chemo. It's, a, it's, a, it's an evil wrecks you, you know, and so on and so forth. You know, you need to have carrot juice and, 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 and acupuncture and, and all these natural things that, you know, don't, you know, you tell her, she's gone on to Sophia, and when Sophie's going through this stuff and this is sister going, in the end, so what do you say to her? When it's your turn, you can make decisions. I don't want to talk about this anymore with you. I'm making decisions over my life. But I, can I just add to that? Because when I first found out, was first diagnosed, I don't know for what reason, but I looked at I, I must have been reading in first, Second Kings, Second Kings chapter 20, and it was about King Hezekiah. And Hezekiah's illness, he got really sick. And it says on the third... Um, so, before I, oh, Hezekiah turned his face to the wall and prayed. In these days, Hezekiah became ill and was at the point of death. Well, I didn't know whether I was going to die or not, but mm. I was going to if, if nothing happened. Then Hezekiah turned his face to the wall and prayed to the Lord. And um, a little bit further down, it says, On the third day from now, 
you will go up to the temple of the Lord. I will add 15 years to your life. Yes. If he could do that for Hezekiah, yeah. two days after my diagnosis, I said, God, I need at least 15, I need a lot more. I'm only 49. <laughs> but it was the word of the Lord, yeah. you know, and, and I held it that I knew that I was going to survive it. I just believed God because yeah. I had the word of God that I held on to. Yes. So when my sister was discouraging me from going through, I just wanted to get rid of it, get rid of it as fast as. But the other thing I want to say, I had, um, I always had um, arthritis, excuse my bad. I always had arthritic knees. Even as a child, I used to grow. As I grew up, I used to have aching knees. And um, when I became a Christian at 34, you know, I started to, oh, I'm going to go. I went for healing. Oh, they've got a healing meeting. I'm going to pray. And people would lean down and touch my knee and pray God's healing. And they'd say, just rub it and say, thank you, Jesus, for healing me. So for years, thank you, Jesus, for healing me. I don't know if you've heard of Cecily Graham, but she's a healing evangelist as mm. such. And I went to her meeting and she said, there's somebody here who's got a bad knee. And I thought, and I looked around, nobody went forward. I thought, oh, it must be me. So up I go, you know, and, and I'm there all by myself. There's hundreds of women there. And, and, she stood, and she said, now bend your knee. She prayed for me and bend your knee and do this and do that and all the rest of it. And I thought, all right. She says, is it gone? I, I didn't know if it was gone or not. I was like, I think so. I don't know. But the next morning I woke up, oh, it's stiff as in my joint. <laughs> you know, all that exercise I've done on the stage. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I oh, thank you, Jesus, for healing I thought, to be really honest, took 20 years of this. 20 years I went for prayer. Thank you, Jesus, for healing me. And I was walking an abundant life at the school. And Ian says, you've got a, you've got a bit, of, bit of a lip going there. <laughs> now I'm lifting. Like I was, I must have just gone into my 60s, and I thought I don't want to be limping, mm -hmm. and so I had to go see the doctor about something else. And I said, oh, "Can you just with this knee of mine?" You know, he was a Christian doctor. He said, oh, "I think I'll, I'll send you to the specialist. He's going to be here on Monday. I'll make see if you can make an appointment." So I went to the hospital. The specialist looked at it, and I had said, "Lord, I really need you. To, I need a new knee, God." And I was sitting on his thing, and he took one look, and he says, "Yeah, I can fix that." <laughs> He put me in, shuttled me in, and I, I had a full, yeah, I had a new knee. It's a, wow. it, it might be a titanium one, but it is a new knee. <laughs> but I've had no, you know, and it's just been no, such no. a release mm. from being sore all the time mm. and looking like I'm crippled. But now I have a full knee surgery um, mm. when I was in 2014, wasn't mm. it? Mm. So, and, but I've, it, it's just fantastic because I can get back into exercise. And I, I still think, I ask God, but he chose to use doctors, so that's great. Yes, that's great. But the word of the Lord held me through the cancer thing, but my sister died. My sister chose her way, blow me down. And two years later, she didn't have to face the same thing. And, um, and she made her choices. And um, she died a week after her 50th birthday. She left five children behind. She had two or three little grandchildren and a couple more on the way. They've never got to know their grandma, so... You know, we live by our decisions, but, mm. you know, we just, I, if God chooses to use the natural, fantastic, yeah. fantastic. Mm. Yeah. The important thing is we look to the Lord, eh? Yeah, that's Look right. to the Lord. And uh, like I said the other week, you know, some people are there, oh, no, I'm going to believe God for this. But then they get a toothache and off they go to the dentist. So, you know, I've got to... I'm, I'm, <laughs> 
You say, well, wait a minute, why don't you believe God for that as well? See, it's just, we just need to be dealt, dealt don't to, um, separate the, the spiritual from the secular. Mm-hmm. You know, Sophie went through chemo and we prayed for her every day and believed God for her as she's going through this mm-hmm. and get through it. And look, God's given her all these years mm-hmm. um, of good, great health. Mm-hmm. So, hallelujah.